your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 466 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, it is now Sunday morning as I'm recording this. They just wrapped up what can really only be just described as a disastrous couple of nights in Canada. The Rangers fall 6-5 to five to the Edmonton Oilers in overtime. That one doesn't sound that bad on its face because, you know, the Oilers are clearly one of the absolute best teams in hockey. They've absolutely stormed out of the starting blocks this season. They still only have one loss. So you know they're high-powered. You know they're going to probably score some goals. But when you consider the fact that the Rangers were up 4-1 to entering the third period, that's got to be a win, and that's got to be two points. I don't care who you're playing. you got to find a way to come away with that victory. The Rangers were unable to do so. And then just a complete nothing game, a 6 to nothing loss in Calgary against the Flames on Saturday night. So, yeah, not good. The Rangers, after leading 4-1 to in Edmonton against the Oilers, they have since been outscored by a total of... 11 to 1 since they held that 4 to 1 lead. Obviously not a recipe success and uh just basically a disastrous couple of nights for the New York Rangers. We're going to be talking about all that. I'm not going to go beat by beat and say everything that happened in all six periods between the Rangers and the Oilers and the Flames here, but we'll talk about some highlights and obviously quite a few lowlights as well. For starters, I know there was some controversy among Ranger fans and you go on Twitter and you see that the Rangers go with Alex Georgiev against the Edmonton Oilers rather than Igor Shesterkin. Now, first of all, there is a back-to-back here, so I think it pretty much went without saying that one goalie was going to play one game, the other goalie was going to play the other. Of course, we've talked about before, Igor Shesterkin, clearly the starting goalie for the Rangers, clearly the franchise goalie, clearly, I would say at this point, is head and shoulders above Alex Georgiev. But with all that said, we also have to acknowledge that Georgiev is going to get to play a couple of games, and obviously no goalie in hockey is going to play all 82. So it made all the sense in the world for Georgiev to get one of these starts. I'm with a lot of you in that I believe my preference would have been to have Alex Georgiev play the game against the Flames rather than the game against the Oilers. I don't see this as as egregious of a mistake as starting Alex Georgiev on opening night against the Capitals. That one made no sense, and I'll never make any sense out of that as long as I live. But with this one, even though I disagree with the move, I don't think it's quite as egregious as the opening night decision. Because again, both of them were going to play at least one of the two games. And I'm wondering if maybe the feeling here was to save the top goalie against what could be considered the lesser of the two teams in the Calgary Flames, the weaker of the two teams. Although that remains to be seen as well because the Flames are off to a heck of a start this year. These are two of the best teams in hockey. But then even when you say that, you kind of look at it and you see that Alex Georgiev does not have good career numbers against the Edmonton Oilers. And obviously the Flames earlier this season absolutely lit up Igor Shesterkin, which they did again on Saturday night. Igor, they're his kryptonite. Igor dominates the rest of the league, but for one reason or another, the Flames just seem to have his number. Obviously, Igor didn't have a lot of help this time around against the Flames. He didn't really have a lot of help the first time either. We'll get to all that in just a second. But yeah, a little bit of a curious decision to go with Georgiev against the Edmonton Oilers, who... 
you know, have this tremendously high-powered offense. They've got stars up and down the lineup, and you go with the backup goalie. Maybe if Igor Shesterkin is in there, the Rangers come away with two points. I think there's a pretty good chance that they do. Unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. And the Rangers conclude this four-game road trip with a record of 1-1-2. One, one, and two. They have lost three in a row and obviously has not been pretty over these last couple of games here, really any of the last three games, because the Rangers were up 2 nothing in Vancouver as well and ended up losing that game 3-2 to despite taking a 2 nothing lead into the third period. So it has not been good. The glass half full way to look at this, though, is that the Rangers in this four-game road trip here, they got four points, four points out of a possible eight. It is far from a disaster, but it certainly leaves a bad taste in your mouth uh, with everything that's gone on over these last three games here. Just very frustrating and uh, obviously just complete shellacking in this game against the Flames last night. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the decision to keep Nils Lundqvist on the bench, on the uh, you know healthy scratch list for this game against the Flames. That now means that Jared Tenorti has been in the lineup in three of the last four games over Niels Lundqvist, and I don't get this either. It's not even that I'm going to sit here and kill Tenorti and say he's been awful. I mean, the Rangers have not been good in general. I don't think Tenorti's really done anything special. I don't think he's killed the team either, but I just don't see the point in this. If you're going to have Niels Lundqvist on your NHL roster, then save for the odd game every once in a while, he should be in the lineup basically every single night, and if he's not going to be in the lineup every single night, that's fine, but then he needs to go to the Wolfpack. He needs to be in a place where he's playing and developing and getting used to professional hockey. If you're going to not do that, if you're going to have Jared Tenorti starting three of the four games over Nils Lundqvist, then Nils Lundqvist doesn't need to be here anymore. He needs to be back with the Hartford Wolfpack. And frankly, if you're going to do that, then I think it's time to give Zach Jones a chance or maybe even Libor Hayek a chance. I don't really need to see any more of Jared Tenorti. Jared Tenorti is about 30 years old, right around there. And he's not somebody that's ever been an NHL regular in his career. That doesn't mean that he can't overachieve and at some point become an NHL regular like he almost seems to be doing right now. But the Rangers have absolutely no eggs in the Jared Tenorti basket going forward. They need guys like Niels Lundqvist to develop. They need guys like Zach Jones to develop. You know, and with Libor Hayek, I realize it's hard to kind of envision his future with this team. It just doesn't seem like it's in the cards for him to be, you know, a New York Ranger for the next, you know, four, five, six years, however long you want to go into the future. It just doesn't seem feasible. It seems like he's kind of buried on the depth chart, and there's obviously a young defenseman behind him that the Rangers think higher of than Libor Hayek. But I still think, based on what Libor Hayek did for the Rangers last season, and he was not spectacular, but he certainly improved over the season before that, I think he's a better option than Jared Tenorti. And on top of that, if you're the Rangers, and presumably you're looking to trade Libor Hayek at some point during this season and, and get, you know, a mid to late round draft pick for him, I can only imagine that's still the plan because he hasn't played all season and you've got all these young defensemen that are seemingly ahead of him in the pecking order, then okay, you're not going to have Niels Lundqvist in the lineup. Throw Libor Hayek for a game. Would it kill you to give him a chance? And even just do it for selfish reasons because if Hayek goes out there and he plays well, then he increases his trade value and you can get more for him. If you're the Rangers right now and you're Chris Drury or, you know, any member of this front office and you're trying to trade Libor Hayek and you're looking around the league to see what's out there. I mean, if you're an opposing GM, the obvious move to make, the obvious thing to say to the Rangers is, hey, you know, this guy hasn't played a single game for you all season. You want a fourth round draft pick for him? Why is Libor Hayek so bad, apparently, that he can't even get a start over Jared Tenorti? So even just for that reason, to just boost his trade value a little bit and make a move and send Libor Hayek to a place where he has a chance to play and get a draft pick in exchange and just be done with the whole situation, just do it for that reason. Throw Libor Hayek into a couple of games here over Jared Tenorti. Uh, again, if Niels Lundqvist is not going to play, then let me see Zach Jones. But 
if that's not an option, if the Rangers don't think that they want to go to Zach Jones at this time for one reason or another, then I would even go with Leeward Hayek over Jared Tenorti. And uh, we're going to keep talking about everything that happened in these two games, a couple of other things that are kind of on my mind here, and I'm sure they've been on your minds as well. But first, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Indeed. Want an all-star team? You need an all-star hiring partner. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Pick what skills are important to you from over 135 assessments and get a clear view of your top talent's abilities faster. Assessments make the interview process smoother for everyone. Talent doesn't need to prove themselves again, and you can dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. With Indeed assessments, you can reduce hiring time by 12%, according to Indeed data worldwide. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, just want to thank you guys again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so I think the time has come to talk about Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco a little bit and just everything that's going on there. For starters, even though Alexi Lafreniere has struggled quite a bit, and we're going to get to that in just a second here, I don't agree with Gerard Gallant's decision to put him on the fourth line against the Oilers, especially when you remember at one of Gallant's first you know, media sessions after he was hired as the new head coach of the New York Rangers, one of the things he said is that he doesn't think players like Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco can develop while playing on the fourth line. Well, in this game against the Oilers, Alexi Lafreniere was indeed on the fourth line alongside Greg McKaig and Dryden Hunt, who I think have both played hard. They've both played decently well recently. And of course, McKaig was sent back down before the game against the Flames to the Hartford Wolfpack to make room for the returning Ryan Reeves. We'll talk about that as well. But What's Alexi Lafreniere supposed to do with those two guys as his line mates? I don't think that's the best way to jumpstart somebody that really needs to take a big step forward and really needs to have a big-time season if the Rangers want to get to the playoffs and maybe even beyond, maybe make a run of some kind. So that's first and foremost. But beyond that, Lafreniere and Kako, these have not exactly been banner games for these guys over the past three or four games each. 
you know, I'm not ready to push the panic button or anything like that this early in their careers. They are both still very young, but I think it's fair to say that we're expecting more out of both of these guys. We can start with Lafreniere. And, you know, the one argument that people have made in his favor, and I've probably even made it on here in the past as well, he does have two game-winning goals early in this season. He's played 12 games. He's got three goals and one assist. But something that really stands out about those game-winning goals, and I don't like to come on here and say, like, well, this goal doesn't count because it was a lucky bounce, or that assist doesn't count because the guy took a ridiculous shot, or that goal doesn't count because the goalie should have come up with a save. I really don't like doing that. To me, they all count. It's hard enough to get on the score sheet as it is in the NHL. It's obviously a very competitive league. But both of Lafreniere's game-winning goals were tap-ins from the doorstep. And again, they count. Give him credit for being where he needed to be on the play. Uh, the one came off of a pass from Sammy Blay, and Lafreniere called for the puck on it and got it and put it home. So give him credit for that. But we have yet to see this season, Alexi Lafreniere or Capo Caco for that matter, score one of those true highlight real goals where they kind of make it happen on their own. You know, they weave around somebody. And look, I don't want to hold anybody to the standard of a Connor McDavid because he is absolutely spectacular right now. As we saw on Friday night, he is in a league of his own in this NHL league. But we saw Connor McDavid score the game-tying goal against the Rangers by basically just weaving through four different players, uh, just going by them like they were standing still. And again, I am not going to hold Alexi Lafreniere or Capo Caco to the standard of a Connor McDavid, but there's been nothing even resembling a play like that from either one of these guys for the entire season. I know Caco missed some time with some injury, but Lafreniere's played 12 games, Capo Caco's played eight, and we've yet to see like a true highlight real moment from either one of these guys. And again, Lafreniere's got the two game winners, but that came as a result more of the passing than by him finishing. You know, they were just easy tapping goals. We've got people listening to this that probably could have scored on the uh, the game-winning goals that Lafreniere had. And Kako, I mean, eight games into the season and no points. He's a minus two. He's got no points. He's got 10 shots on goal in the eight games. So we're not really getting anything from him either. And with Capo Kako, and this is something that I mentioned when we did our crossover episode with Hernan Salas of Locked on Oilers, but it's something that I want to kind of elaborate on now. Capo Kako has played basically the entire season, not counting the games that he missed due to injury, but he's played basically the entire season on the Rangers' second line alongside Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. And he's yet to take advantage of being in such a prominent position. And as I mentioned when we were talking with Hernan, we've seen Ranger players with far less potential, far less upside, far less natural ability than Capo Caco go onto the second line for the Rangers and produce offensively. We saw Jesper Foss do it. Jesper Foss for his entire career was a defense first forward. And really, he still was, even when he was out there with Panarin and with Strom. But we saw his offense naturally get a little bit of an uptick from being out there with Artemi Panarin specifically, and to a lesser extent, uh, Ryan Strom as well. So he took advantage of that opportunity, despite, again, not being known for offensive fireworks of any kind, we saw Colin Blackwell. Nobody knew who Colin Blackwell was before last season started with the New York Rangers, and he's somebody that had to kind of scratch and claw his way into the lineup. You know, got a couple of points his first couple of games out there. He scored on the fourth line in the one game, and then before you know it, he's playing on the second line alongside Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin. Now, he faded down the stretch last season. We have to be fair there, but for a while, I mean, he was producing offensively for the Rangers. He was taking advantage of just a tremendous opportunity. You go from somebody that no one's ever heard of, a complete 
afterthought in the NHL, and then you take advantage of an opportunity, you work your way onto the Panarin and, and Strom line, and you actually stick there by way of continuing to play good hockey. That's what Colin Blackwell did. Even Phil DiGiuseppe. We saw Phil DiGiuseppe at the start of last season playing on that second line with Strom and Panarin. You know, not, he didn't really stick there. He wasn't there for a tremendous amount of time, but he had like five assists in the first five games last season, and did a lot of that while playing with Panarin and Strom. So if guys like Phil DiGiuseppe and Colin Blackwell and who was the other one? Jesper Foss can take advantage of being on the second line with Panarin and with Strom, then Capo Caco certainly needs to do the same thing. And it's not just that he's not getting points. You don't even notice him out there. I barely noticed Capo Caco was on the ice in either of these last two games. Obviously, he dealt with the injury. He came back. I thought his first game back, he looked pretty good, got a couple of shots on goal, got a couple of chances. But since then, he's the invisible man out there. I barely even noticed Capo Caco, unless it's for something not so good. And I wrote down a couple of examples in this game against the Flames last night. And I realized I'm laying a lot at the feet of Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco right now, and I'm not yet ready to hit the panic button. You can't give up on guys too early. Otherwise, you end up in a situation like the Senators had with Mika Zibanejad. But I have to call it like I see it. And right now, the Rangers are getting little to nothing out of either one of these two players. And so there's a couple of plays that kind of troubled me in this game from Kako and Lafreniere against the Flames last night. And I wrote them all down here. And actually, for starters, let me just mention one other thing really quick, because I mentioned that both these guys have been struggling in recent games. Last four games for Alexi Lafreniere, he has no points, and he's got one shot on goal in the four games. He's a minus four in that time. Part of that is due to the demotion to the fourth line, but at the same time, if he's been producing and playing the way that Gerard Gallant wants to see him play, then that demotion never would have happened in the first place. Gallant talked about it. He said he didn't consider it a demotion, but let's be honest. If you're playing in the top six and you get moved down to the fourth line, that's a demotion pretty much any way you slice it. And he's obviously not going to throw Lafreniere under the bus and start saying all these horrible things about him, but moving from the first line or the second line down to the fourth line, that's a demotion pretty much any way you slice it. And then Capo Caco, he's been in their lineup for five games since coming back from the injury. No points in that time. He is a minus one. He's got five shots on goal in the five games, and three of them were in his first game back. So he's got one shot on goal in the last four games. But there were a couple of plays that kind of troubled me from both of these guys in this game, and we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It is the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar, or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for you when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. New surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So a couple of plays here in this game against the Flames that kind of caught my attention from Lafreniere and Kako. For starters, there was a play in the first period where the puck got dumped into the Calgary zone. I believe it was still scoreless at this point. But either way, you know, Alexi Lafreniere is on the ice. 
and the puck goes behind the net, behind the goal line there. And I just don't think that he challenged the Calgary defenseman as much as he could have. It was kind of a passive forecheck on the point of Alexi Lafreniere. Maybe he felt that the guy already had the puck and he had to get back and, you know, get in position to play defense. But I don't know. I mean, to me, there's a defenseman with his back turned to you. Get in there, you know, hit him into the boards. Don't board him, obviously, but put a check on him and fight for the puck a little bit. Maybe you can pry it away from him and create a little bit of an opportunity for the Rangers there. And I just didn't see him do that. And that's not like him because Lafreniere for... As much as we want to see him get more points, I think that, you know, he does play pretty physical hockey. He doesn't back down from anybody, that's for sure. So that was really strange. I just didn't see Lafreniere really sticking his nose in there the way that he's capable of. Then there was a play. The Rangers were on the power play. And there's a pass to Capo Caco. Caco receives this pass. He's in kind of the center of the right faceout circle. And you could see it developing a little bit because Caco was all by himself there. There wasn't a Calgary player within 10 feet of him. And like I said, this was either, it might have still technically been the power play for the Rangers or it might have just ended. But either way, he's by himself there. He gets the pass and the puck just goes right over his sick and out of the zone. And I don't know what happened there. It seemed like a pretty clean pass to me. And for one reason or another, Kako just couldn't handle it. He's about to get the pass with nobody near him and plenty of room to either take a shot or maybe make another pass in deep. I don't know. Maybe he looked to quickly move the puck before he had it, took his eye off the ball, so to speak. I don't know what it was, but Kako's got to be able to handle this pass. The Rangers are in an opportunity here. Again, it's either the tail end of a power play or the power play having just ended, but they still have possession in the offensive zone. This puck... This pass has to be received. This puck cannot be coming out of the zone and giving the Flames a free break like that. So that was disappointing as well. There was also a play in the second period where Lafreniere carried the puck into the attacking zone and he bumped into Jacob Truba. They both fell down and the play ends up going the other way and Igor Shesterkin had to make uh, a really nice save to keep the puck out. So that was kind of disappointing as well. I don't know if Lafreniere just ran out of room. He was indecisive about whether he wanted to pass to Truba or just kind of carry the puck up the boards himself there. I don't know what happened there, but they both bumped into each other. That was not good either. And then there was a play in the third period where Lafreniere, he goes in all alone. He's on the right circle. He doesn't have the best angle in the world, but he puts it wide. And that was kind of, I don't want to, again, just throw Kako and Lafreniere under the bus. The Rangers were bad in this game in general. That was kind of an epidemic for the Rangers in this game where there were a lot of shots that the Rangers took from in pretty deep. I mean, we're talking like 10, 15 feet away from the net that they're putting wide. And I realize it doesn't do you any good to put the puck on net and just shoot it right into Markstrom's stomach. And Markstrom himself was very, very good in this game, robbed the Rangers a couple of times. But yeah, there were just way too many instances in this game where the Rangers had, you know, a medium danger scoring opportunity and just for one reason or another could not even put the puck on the net. Just shot wide. Happened a couple of times. Happened to Lafreniere here. And again, I'm not ready to hit the panic button on these two players, Lafreniere and Kako, but the Rangers do need to get more out of them. This team is really, really struggling to score goals, and I think a lot of the moves that the Rangers made this offseason were done so with the idea that Kako and Lafreniere, and, you know, even Hedl and Krasov, we could throw them in there as well. Hey, look, at least Lafreniere and Kako haven't thrown a fit and gotten themselves basically kicked off the team the way that Vitaly Krasov has. I mean, they go out there, I don't think it's an effort thing by any stretch of the imagination, but there's just been no production from any of these players. I know Hedl got hurt in this game, uh, we'll talk about that in just a second as well. Hedl had a goal and an assist in the prior game against the Oilers, but the Rangers were counting on big strides from Lafreniere, Kako, Hedl, and Krasov. And basically right now, and I realize it's early, and I'm not trying to kill these guys, but right now they're 0 for 4 in that department. I don't think any of those guys have really taken uh, a big step forward this season. In fact, I know I ha they, they haven't because I've watched all these games. So sooner or later, these guys need to pick it up. They need to start doing a little bit more offensively and 
come up with some points because, yeah, you know, every now and then, you know, Alexi Lafreniere, take this, for example, in this game last night. He made a really nice play. The Flames had a chance. They had something of an open net because Shesterkin had already made a save and all his momentum was taking him in the other direction. And Lafreniere made a really good play to get his stick on a shot and deflect it up and out of play. So it was a nice play by Lafreniere. You know, every now and then Capo Cackle will win a board battle. And, okay, yeah, he's starting to use his size and his strength more. But that's just it. You know, if that's the most exciting thing that happens in some of these games with Lafreniere and Kako, then that's not good either. And yes, defense is a very important part of this game, and you need to be good in all aspects of the game. But I'm tired of like having to come on here and, and heap praise on, on them for things like that. I want to see them start scoring goals. I want to see a couple highlight real goals from these guys going forward. Sooner or later, like I said, they need to pick it up, as does this entire Ranger team, because what they did against the Flames in this game last night was unacceptable. Basically just hanging Igor Shesterkin out to dry, I mean, he got so little help from some of these goals, and Igor was not his, at his best either. But there were so many goals where the Flames just outworked the Rangers. You know, they put the puck at the net, and it would get knocked down. You know, Igor would either make the save and there'd be a rebound, or it would, you know, hit somebody in front of the net. The puck's laying there. And at that point, it's just a fight, man. It's just a battle of wills. Who's going to get the puck? Are the Rangers going to be able to clear the puck out of the crease, or are the Flames going to stuff it in? And too many times, the Rangers just got outworked in these situations. And I realize they're playing the second game of a back-to-back, -back, but this happened way too often in this game where the Flames just straight up outworked the New York Rangers. And I know the Flames are a really good team too, but you got to stick your nose in there. You got to win a couple of these battles. Too many blue-collar, dirty goals for the Flames last night allowed by the the New York Rangers. Couple other closing thoughts for today. First of all, I have to talk about the MSG broadcast, which for the most part is awesome, but they seem to be having this one problem this season where the audio and the video are just not synced up, and it's really distracting and really annoying. And we are now, what are we, like 10 games into the season here, plus all the preseason games? MSG really needs to get it together in this regard because this has happened several times this season. At the beginning of this game against the Flames, the video was way, way ahead of the audio. And a few games ago, it was the exact opposite. And then in this game last night, I guess they tried to adjust it. And then the audio was a little bit ahead of the video. And I know this because in the first and second periods, the buzzer would sound when there was still time left on the clock. So obviously it wasn't synced up. Uh, listen, MSG, if anybody's listening to this, I realize TV production is a difficult profession. You got to figure this out, okay? This is not acceptable. And I know it's one of those things, it, it probably bothers me more than it should, but at a certain point you know, this has to be fixed. I mean, this is MSG, this is the New York Rangers, and it's very distracting when you're watching the play, and, you know, the announcers are saying things that don't match up to what's happening on the screen. I don't know why this is so difficult for MSG to correct, and I know it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, my service, because I've heard from a bunch of you and seen a bunch of other people tweeting about it on Twitter that it's happening to them too. So clearly it's an MSG problem and not a problem of, like, any certain, you know, streaming service, whatever people are using to watch the New York Rangers whatever service that they're using. So, yeah, this has to be better. MSG needs to tighten this up going forward. And something else that happened in this game that I haven't mentioned yet, Adam Fox, he scored an absolute highlight real goal that would have tied the score at 1-1 in the first period. Uh, you know, he's got the puck at the point, slowly starts moving forward, uh, makes a great move around his defenseman, and looked like he was going to shoot, but instead he pulled the puck to his backhand and then flipped it into the net for what looked like it was going to be the equalizer, would have tied the game at 1-1, but the Flames challenged the play, and it rightfully gets overturned due to an offside. Sammy Blay was offside on the play, and just like that, you know, all the air kind of comes out of the Rangers' sails a little bit, and they never really got anything going again after that. And toward the end of this game, 
you know, Sam Rosen and Joe Micheletti were talking about this. You know, maybe if that goal by Adam Fox stands, that this could have been a different story for the Rangers. I have to respectfully disagree with those guys on this. The way this game went, the way the Rangers played, basically getting out works, not creating any real offensive scoring opportunities. I mean, they got a couple, and Markstrom made some really nice saves. I don't think it would have made that big of a difference. I think the Rangers probably would have ended up losing this game 6-1 to one instead of 6 nothing. I think it's pretty much just that simple uh, in this game. And then the other bit of news, Philip Heedle was injured on a collision with Sammy Blay very early in the first period. I believe it was Heedle's first shift of the night, and Heedle goes to the locker room, does not return. Now, there's been no definitive update on Philip Heedle and his status, but if Heedle's going to miss some time, I would like to see the Rangers give Morgan Barron a chance. I mean, I suppose there's uh, a chance that the Rangers would just go right back to Greg McKeg and just call him right back up to the Rangers, but, you know, McKeg. He plays hard. I think he's done a decent job with the Rangers so far this season. I want to see a guy with a little bit more upside, especially once again when you consider the fact that the Rangers just are not scoring goals right now. So I will take offense any way I can possibly get it. If there's somebody that can go into this lineup right now and even slightly bolster the offense and slightly bolster the opportunity to score goals when he's on the ice, then I'll take that. Greg McKaig is not going to be stuffing the score sheet. Morgan Barron, I mean, who knows? But he did get off to a nice start with the Hartford Wolfpack this season and would seem to obviously have more offensive upside than Greg McKaig. Barron, for the record, has three goals and two assists in seven games with the Wolfpack this season. But yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today. Like I said, just a rough couple of nights in Canada for the New York Rangers here. If you want to be glass half full, as I mentioned in the intro, the Rangers do come away with four out of a possible eight points on this road trip. So not a complete catastrophe, but obviously there have not been a lot of positives in these last three games for the New York Rangers. And there's a lot of players on this team that quite frankly just need to step it up and do a little bit better. We hope that that begins with a home till against the Florida Panthers on Monday. It's not going to be easy. The Panthers are off to a heck of a start this season and the Rangers will be playing their third game in four days. So it's gut check time. Rangers really have to dig deep and do everything they can to come away with two points against a very talented Florida Panthers team. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to do a special post-game episode along with Armando Velez of Locked On Florida Panthers that'll be dropping on Tuesday. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available on all platforms.